Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome this evening and thanks for joining us for the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue our series on the I Am Statements of Jesus Christ. As always, if you would like to join our conversation or if you'd like someone to pray with, we have call screeners standing by at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, we have a new semester of our Heritage Discipleship Institute starting tomorrow night. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And we do invite our listeners. They can come either in person or on Zoom. And we'd love to have them join in. At 7 o'clock, we're going to have our first class on the New Testament survey. Mm -hmm. We'll get into the background and some of the history behind the Gospels, some of the intertestamental history, Mm. which is very important because, like, when you come into the Gospel of Matthew, all of a sudden there are Pharisees. Yeah. Uh Like, who are they? Where did they they? come from? So they arose during that period of time between Malachi and Matthew. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we'll, we'll get into that and then give a survey of the first five New Testament historical books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. It'll be great. And then we're going to continue at 8 o'clock in our church history class. If anyone would like to join with us in our Heritage Discipleship Institute, just give us a call even right now at 929-333-3739. You could go to our website at hbcnyc.org. We actually have the notes are, are, are on our website already. Mm. And, and if they want to come on Zoom, you just go to our website and they can just click on the website where it talks about the Institute. That's great, Pastor. Yeah. 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 So tonight, we're so excited to have with us one of our charter members, one of our early members of Heritage Baptist Church, Sister Hattie Henry. Sister Hattie, thank you for being back with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah. We know you are a longtime member of Heritage Baptist Church, aren't you? From the beginning. That's right. (laughs) And how did you find out about our church, Hattie? Radio. Oh, you heard us. And where, where where did you hear us on the radio? Like, where were you when you heard the radio? Were you at home or were you at, on your job? Or, Well, I was at home when I first heard you, but I also played you on my job also. Yeah, that's right. That's at right. The deli. <laughs> and, and you came with your dear friend Josephine. Josephine, yes. And Josephine and you became charter members of our church and also early graduates of our institute. institute yes. And you taught in our children's church for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And we should tell the listeners now that after many years of serving in our church, working in junior church, also you worked in the the hospital, that you developed glaucoma, right? Yes. And your condition now? uh, I can't see. (laughs) That's right. So Hattie has become blind with glaucoma, but she is here tonight to share with us and to share with you, dear listeners. She has a beautiful heart for the Lord and a wonderful faith. And Hattie, it is our joy to have you with us tonight. Thank you. Amen. And then we have with us another young man who's been with us before. But is this the first time you've been on as a married man? 
Is, or, yes. Or, yeah. Yes, okay. I so, Ian, about it. <laughs> good to have you back with us, Ian. It's good to be here. Yeah, and uh, you and Claire are a real blessing, and we're so happy that that you're growing together in your marriage with a lovely young lady. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. And we're we're so happy to have you with us tonight. We're going to look into John chapter 11, Micah. Yeah. And when I think of John chapter 11, I, I, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, life really gets to the point of all of these I am statements mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where he is the resurrection and the life. Now, we're going to read a pretty long passage of Scripture this evening. We're going to start at verse 1 of John 11 because it's a narrative and it's a story. Yeah. So we, we just want to go and tell the story as mm-hmm. God tells it. And so we're going to start at verse 1, go all the way down to verse 46. And so I will get us going tonight in our reading of John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, of the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. It's like, hey, just let him sleep, you know. Don't wake up a sleeping man. Mm -hmm. Howbeit, Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking the rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary, to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, 
I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so, so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she had heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should, go, should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which had come to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees, and told them what things Jesus had done. Amen. What a powerful reading of God's Word. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who works and labors for your glory. Even sickness is Mm -hmm. for the glory of you, O God. And we thank you that in this story we see there was a delay. But in your delay, Lord Jesus, you showed your omniscience. And there was disappointment, human disappointment of how you were working things out. But in your disappointment, you showed great patience and compassion and and lord we see in the story death but when there is death we thank you you show your omnipotence that you are the resurrection and the life so lord bless us now as we get into this wonderful miracle this amazing story of the raising of lazarus from the grave we pray in jesus name amen amen Amen. so each of these i am statements when i think of them i really think how they focus us in on life even Mm -hmm. this one says jesus said i am the resurrection and the life. But mm-hmm. when he said, I am the bread, he said, I am the bread of life. life. Yeah. And because bread is the, sustenance, sustenance, the substance of life. Mm-hmm. And when he said, I'm the light of the world, light is necessary for life. life. Mm-hmm. And when he said, I am the door, that means he is the entrance into eternal, eternal life. life. Yeah. And when he said, I'm the good shepherd, why is he the good shepherd? Because he gives his life Life. for the sheep so that we can live yeah Yeah, so really all of these i am statements get to what we most desperately need and that is life because death is real Mm -hmm. and this passage we see the reality of death lazarus has died and jesus 
worked it out so that Lazarus would be dead mm. and so that he could show his power and the glory of God, right, mm-hmm. in this inc- incredible miracles. And so, you know, as just we begin tonight, dear friends, we know that death is real. Death causes tears, pain, and trial. Mm. Maybe you've had a loved one die recently. You've been to a funeral of a mother or a father, a brother, mm. sister, somebody that you didn't expect to die, passed away. If you'd like us to pray with you tonight about something like that, we'd love to hear from you, dear friend. Give us a call that we can pray with you in your time of weeping at 929-333-3739. And we need Jesus, the resurrection and the life, because death is real. Now, there's a couple of verses that we want to look at just as we kind of introduce the story that are so fascinating and one of the fascinating verses everybody talks about, is because it's the, one of the short verses, if mm-hmm. not the shortest English verse, mm-hmm. in our, at least in our English uh, text, where Jesus wept. That's the whole verse, isn't it? In mm-hmm. John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. And everybody says, well, why did Jesus weep? So even in the shortest of verses, there, there's long answers can, mm-hmm. can be given, right? So, so why does Jesus weep here? How do, you, do you have an answer for that? What was the reason why Jesus wept? I, Pastor, I think it's twofold. He wept because of emotion for his friend Lazarus, and he also wept because of the world. With, mm. uh, and he wept because of the world. And let me just get it straight here. Mm-hmm. In in the world, he had the disciples who were not. Um, aware of what he was talking about when he said Lazarus slept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they mis they misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And and he had to tell them plainly Lazarus is dead. And then there were the the Jewish people who were uh, in the crowd and they were uh help thinking that they were helping Martha and and Mary by weeping with them mm-hmm. at the at the loss of their brother, but they mocked Jesus. Mm-hmm. And by mocking him they 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 do the same thing today, Lord. They they call us um, Jesus uh, uh, Bible holy thumpers, rollers, holy yeah. rollers, <laughs> and all different types of names that they refer to us today. But Mary and Martha also they they accused him because both of them said, "If you had been here, Lord, our brother would not have died." Yeah. So yeah. I think that those were the two reasons why. He wept. He wept because he loved them also. I mean, the Bible's so real, isn't it? Yes. That even today, a lot of people we, people question God. Why mm-hmm. did God do that? Why, if I, if I were God, I wouldn't have done it that way. That's basically what Ma- Mary and Martha. They, you could have prevented this from happening because yeah. you are you are so powerful. Yeah. And so, uh, Michael, what do you, what would you say to answer that question? Um, Jesus wept. Why do you think yeah. Jesus wept? Uh, well, not only is this verse one of the shortest in the English Bible, but it's also, to me at least, one of the most revealing in terms of Jesus's humanity. You know, sometimes we forget that Jesus, too, lived in our fallen and broken world. And in just two words, Jesus wept. Um, we see that Jesus experienced the same range of emotions that all of us experience. Hmm. We're reminded that he is able to identify with our sadness and our suffering. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorite paintings is The Raising of Lazarus by the artist Vincent Van Gogh, 
which really portrays this concept of Jesus identifying with our human emotion. So it's not nearly as famous as Starry Night or Sunflowers, but to me it's more emotionally complex because it depicts the moment where Lazarus wakes up from death in the tomb and looks up surprisingly at his friend Jesus. But instead of portraying an anonymous figure as Lazarus, Vincent van Gogh actually paints himself into the grave clothes. It's a self-portrait. And the artist painted the scene after being released from a months-long hospital stay as he dealt with a debilitating depression. And in a single frame, he depicts Jesus as the Savior who could both cry with him and also dry his tears, Mm. both fully friend and fully God. So it's the same Savior that we have today. So I just love this passage. Yeah, it's amazing. Jesus wept too, as you just said, because of his humanity and he's human. And and the scripture does say, weep with those who weep. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, as Hattie said, that Jesus wept because of the unbelief. And, And it says also twice, I believe, that he groaned. In verse 33, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he groaned again when when they accused him that he, if this man, he's opened the eyes of the blind, he could have, could he not have caused that this man should not have died? I do believe there's a sense where Jesus did weep just because of their unbelief and he was burdened about them. But Ian, I think there's more than one reason why Jesus wept. Why do you think Jesus wept? So this might be a little far out, but um, we know according to Luke 16.22 that Lazarus likely went to Abraham's bosom when he died. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Abraham's bosom is commonly understood to mean paradise. So could Jesus' tears here express remorse for bringing Lazarus back from paradise down to earth? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he wept because he's going to bring Lazarus out of a place that is much more beautiful to be in. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, it could be. Well, Pastor, we actually uh, just we got we had a caller um, who asked the same question: Where did Lazarus go in this in-between time? Oh, so if wow. you, it, I don't know if you're planning to get there later, but he's on the same page as Ian in oh. asking that question. And you think that's accurate, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I he think went it was to paradise yeah. before before Jesus rose again. Mm-hmm. I think that's where all believers in God went. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we often read about these kind of experiences when people die and 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 so forth. But here's a real example in the Bible of somebody who died, but. Nobody interviews Lazarus, and it's not in the Bible. Lazarus, <laughs> yeah. what was it like when I you know. died? Tell yeah. us about tell us about paradise. Yeah. It's amazing to me what's not in the Bible mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, dear friends, maybe you are weeping. As we said, a loved one of yours has passed away. If we could pray with you and encourage you, or even share with you the love of Christ, the power of Jesus, that he is the resurrection and the life, call us now at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. So that's one really fascinating pa- uh, passage in this n- amazing narrative that Jesus wept. But there's also another, and it's in verse 14 and then extending into verse 15. And I just think this is so miraculous too, where Jesus could face death with gladness. Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And the next four words blow me away, Mm. and I am glad. So the question is, how could Jesus meet death with gladness? Mm. Now, there's some kinds of death that he wouldn't meet with gladness. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he meets someone, or uh, he does not meet 
someone who is spiritually lost, blind in darkness, and if they were to die, they would go into hell. He doesn't meet that death with gladness. He doesn't say, oh, I'm glad you're lost Mm -hmm. and you're not saved. That's not the death he meets with gladness. But why would he say this, Micah? Or what other kinds of death are there? And does he meet all all death with gladness? Yeah. Well, just what you were just talking about, eternal death, you know, he doesn't meet that kind of death with gladness and neither do we you know when a person that we love dies without the lord Mm. um, that person is both physically dead and spiritually lost and they will experience eternal death separated from god forever in hell and i was reminded of this uh on wednesday this week there was a famous musician david crosby who passed away at 81 years old and apparently it was pretty sudden because earlier that day he was quite active on social media And in fact, one of his last tweets that day, he was responding to somebody talking about heaven. And he said that he heard heaven is, quote, overrated and cloudy. So the day he died, he tweeted out that heaven is overrated and cloudy. Well, you know, just hours later, he was dead. And I can only assume eternal death was what came for him. And he will never experience the perfection of the heaven that he was slandering that day. Yeah. Jesus meets certain kinds of death with gladness, doesn't he, Hattie? What kind of death do you think, Hattie, Jesus does meet with gladness here? And why does he say this regarding Lazarus? I believe it's because Lazarus knew Jesus, and Lazarus mm. was he was a born-again Christian mm. <laughs> in, in, our, in our terms today. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why he, he, he met it with gladness, and he also could... Um, because he was the resurrection and the life, he could raise Lazarus again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, when someone is physically dead, but then they die in the Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. that's precious to the Lord, and they're with him in heaven. And so, therefore, when a loved one dies, when they know the Lord, mm-hmm. even though there's the sadness of their death, we can say, praise God, there's a part of us that's glad. Mm. Because we know they're in a better place mm-hmm. when, they're wi- when, they're, when they die in the Lord mm-hmm. and rest in him. Mm-hmm. But, Ian, there's another reason why Jesus could perhaps say, Lazarus is dead and I am glad. Absolutely. Um, here Jesus has the foresight of knowing he would get a chance to demonstrate miraculous works to display God's full glory to those in attendance. Um, He knew this would further inspire belief in him Mm -hmm. from those that were going to witness this resurrection. And we know, we all know uh, from scripture that, you know, when a single soul is saved, there's praise uh, in heaven. So um, that, that is why I think he displays gladness here. You know, when I die, Mm-hmm. Just think about it. We're going to die. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be a blessing at our funeral if somebody could say about me, Matthew is dead, but I am glad mm. because Matthew's with the Lord and then preach the gospel. And if somebody is saved through my passing, maybe somebody would be so happy that I died. They would, they, they would <laughs> like, praise God, I'll, I'll believe it. No, but, you know, I would want somebody to hear the gospel yeah. and my funeral and be saved. And in that sense, there will be gladness and Mm -hmm. rejoicing in heaven. Mm -hmm. And dear friends, do you know the Lord? Again, we're here to encourage you, to pray with you, to give you Bible counsel. My wife is here tonight. Any ladies out there would like to talk to my dear wife, Debbie, as well as other faithful counselors. Sister Dr. Han is here to receive your calls at 929-333-3773. 
3, 9. So let's get into this story and actually the main points here of where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. What a bold declaration of truth this is, that Jesus could say, I am. That is, he's the eternal he is the all-powerful resurrection and the life. Isn't that amazing, Hattie? Yes. So what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the resurrection? And what does, he, what does he speak about himself even in this statement? He's, I believe he's telling us about his divinity. Mm-hmm. And he, he's telling us that he will resurrect us at some point in mm-hmm. time on his second coming. But I, I always think of it like... With myself, I'm a senior citizen, so you know I I'm losing my hair, my sight, my ears, other, my body will deteriorate, but mm-hmm. I will die, and yeah. I will be resurrected because I believe in Jesus, and I believe in God and what the Word of God says. So therefore, I think that that's what Jesus is saying to us: He is that person that will do that. He is that divine person that will raise us up. To eternity. Yeah, amen. And resurrection as well is the idea that there's going to be death that is appointed mm-hmm. unto man once to, to die, die and, mm-hmm. then, and then there's a judgment. But in that judgment, we'll be all men will be resurrected. Mm-hmm. The, the unsaved will be resurrected to stand before God and at the great white throne, and then they'll be cast into that lake of fire. But the the saved will be resurrected, and of course, those who know Jesus will never die. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of resurrection is that the dead live. Again, Mm -hmm. he brings the dead out of the grave to live again. But he says not only is he the resurrection, but Ian, he is the life. Mm -hmm. So what is what's the difference, the differentiation, if you will, between resurrection and life? So what does Jesus mean when he says he is the life? So here uh, I think he means that life uh, speaks of the soul or spirit of man Mm. um, and what happens to the immaterial part of man. Um, after they die. So here, Jesus sheds light on the eternal perspective he often brings in his encounters with us humans. He sees beyond our lives on earth, which are a mere blink of an eye through an eternal perspective. Um, And he sees, when he says he is the life, he's alluding to all that we'll get to enjoy um, in the hereafter because of all he has done for us in the here and now. Yeah, amen. Uh, Micah, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I just think it's so interesting that, um, you know, as Jesus distinguishes between physical life and spiritual life in his conversation with Martha, he pinpoints the desire of eternal life that all human beings innately have. So it's the same desire that leads Hindus and Buddhists to seek nirvana. Um, It's the same desire that inspired ancient explorers to search for the fountain of youth. And Mm. it's the same desire that motivates the godless of our day to pour millions of dollars into transhumanism, which has become a cult-like obsession among the super-rich, those investing Mm. in it. They believe Mm. that there will soon come a time where they can upload their consciousness to the cloud and outlive their body. It's their version of eternal life. And all these efforts are religious, whether one is worshiping Hindu gods, youth, or technology, yet they will end in veins because Jesus said that he alone is the resurrection and the life. Yeah, and what beautiful words. Jesus says, again, he that believeth in me, Mm -hmm. though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm -hmm. So death is reality, 
like Christian scientists, which is neither Christian nor scientific, mm -hmm. say there is no death. They just mm -hmm. deny death. But death is real. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, though he were dead. Jesus raised people who were literally dead. Mm -hmm. So in the physical aspect of life, in the physical way, we're going to die. Mm -hmm. So, But as Christians, we should live each day mm -hmm. as if it's our last day mm -hmm. that we're that we're alive that yeah. we're, we're alive because we are going to die mm -hmm. and so we live on that edge of eternity mm -hmm. knowing we will die but what when we when we die we know we'll live again and mm -hmm. he'll he'll raise up our our body from the grave mm -hmm. but also that he's the resurrection means on the other hand we're not going to die <laughs> so no. are we going to die yes are mm -hmm. we going to die no <laughs> our body's going to die yeah. which is going to be resurrected mm -hmm. but our as you said, Ian, our soul, our spirit, when we're saved, never dies. Right. This is a part of us that never dies. Yeah, amen. So we, can, we should live today as if I could die today physically, mm -hmm. but also live today like I'll never die. Mm -hmm. Because like we had a man in our church named Walt. You remember Walt Parker, right, Hattie? Oh, yes. Walt, Walt would say all the time, and many people famously say this, but it's true. Our last breath here on earth. So will lead to my first breath in heaven, in heaven right? Mm -hmm. He would say that. You heard him say that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have a caller tonight, one of actually one of our members of Heritage Baptist Church who wanted to call in this evening and share a word of testimony. And so, Brother Raul, thank you so much for calling, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you and Hattie and Mike and Ian. It's great listening to you guys. I'm really being ministered to here over the line, over the radio. Thank you. Thank you, Raul. And I uh, just want to praise God. Uh, everything you're talking about uh, is just really piercing me because, as, uh, as I think all of you know, uh, I, I lost my aunt. Uh, but she was a dear sister in Christ, not just my aunt. So I am very comforted knowing that she's with the Lord. Amen. And um, I praise the Lord that my aunt's prayers for me were answered. Uh, I was an alcoholic for many, many years. And I praise the Lord that yesterday um, I celebrated my third anniversary alcohol-free, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, all for his honor, his glory, uh, happily married. Uh, enjoying life, even though life brings its difficulties. But um, I just thank the Lord for that deliverance. I thank the Lord for Amen. all of you. Uh, my Heritage Baptist Church family, you are all just so wonderful and dear to me. And we love you guys. I say we, me, my wife, my mom, uh, you guys are just a very special part of our lives. Well, we love you too, Raul, and how we rejoice in the victory that God has given to you, I just mentioned Walt Parker, and I remember Walt met you the day you walked into Heritage Baptist Church, way back when, yeah. you, when we were at the Baruch School there on 25th Street, and how you have yeah. come to know the Lord, and three years living in victory without the necessity or, or, or of drink in your life, because Jesus is the one who satisfies your inner man, and drinking of Christ is truly drinking of the water of life, right? Amen. Amen. Life more abundant. Yeah, well, better. thank you, Raul. Greet your mom and your dear wife tonight. We appreciate you, and praise God. And can I just say, um, well, thank you. Oh, yeah, thank, Mike wants so to much, give Raul. a word. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, what a blessing that um, his Aunt Ada, 
you know, prayed for him. You know, he mentioned uh, that she was on her knees praying yeah. for her her nephew. Mm. And so I think that's an encouragement even to us that, you know, the people we are praying for, we might not see the results immediately for what we're praying for. But, you know, if if Raul is any indication, people were praying for him. So we should continue and not tire in uh, praying for that's the ones right. that we love who need help. That's right. And dear friends, if you're looking for a good Bible-believing church, maybe you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, and you just need to be in a place of fellowship and to hear the Word of God. And we could pray over you and pray for God's deliverance in your life, because He can deliver you from these things. We would love to have you come visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday. We have a really great 10 a.m. Bible study hour. It's really an opportunity for you to share with other men if you're a man and ladies if you're a lady. We have men and women's classes, children's classes at 10 a.m. 11 a.m. is the service. Come on out at Heritage Baptist Church, 490 Hudson Street. That's in the heart of Greenwich Village, 490 Hudson Street. It's right between Christopher Street and Grove Street in the city. We'd love to have you come. Pastor, may I say something? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Ryle, for, for sharing your testimony with us. But, Pastor, I remember in the beginning of Heritage Baptist Church, we used to have testimonials from the members. And most of the members, I would say almost all of them, came to a knowledge of who Jesus really was and wanting to serve him as we serve him now in Heritage because of prayer. And it usually came from their relative mostly their mothers. Mm. So I thank you, Lord. For, uh, I thank Rival for mentioning that mm-hmm. because prayer is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. amen. Keep praying for your loved ones. Yes. So, Mike, as we just finish off this first point of Jesus' bold declaration mm-hmm. that he is the resurrection and the life, are there other verses in the Old Testament that also teach resurrection? In other words, what Jesus was teaching here was not just something that didn't connect with the rest of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, there there are several important passages that describe the resurrection in Psalms, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Hosea, and Jesus' followers, they would have been familiar with them. In fact, the book of Job contains a quote that I, I think Martha was probably referencing when she said that Lazarus would be raised on the last day. So listen to Job's words in Job 19:25 and 26. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Uh, We also get a description of the resurrection of the dead in the final biblical writing Mm. of the prophet Daniel. And he reveals a very specific outcome for both the godly and the wicked. I'll read Daniel 12, verse 2. And many of them shall sleep in the dust of the earth, shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So just from these two quick passages from Job and Daniel, we see that everyone will be raised from the dead, that there is everlasting life, Uh, believers will see God, and the wicked will endure everlasting contempt. And there are many, many other verses. Many other verses, even like the well-known Psalm 23, that I will dwell in the house house of the the Lord. Lord Doesn't that teach resurrection right there? So, dear friends, we're going to go to a song right now. If you would like to call, this is a good time to call and pray with one of our call screeners, my wife Debbie, Dr. Han is here. Again, maybe you have had a loved one who passed away recently, you just like prayer of comfort, maybe you feel lonely and alone tonight. Pick up that phone and call us right now at 929-333-3739. See what a morning is the song, Jesus Lives. He is the resurrection. See what a morning 
with the dawning of hope in Jerusalem. of Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life, and see the miraculous distinctiveness of this truth. In other words, there's no religion in the world that teaches such a thing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true, Ian? So how does this declaration make Christianity different and distinct from all other world religions? So it's right here where Christianity differentiates itself from all other religions simply because of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. We can get into the historicity of Jesus, his crucifixion, or eyewitness accounts of him as he rose from the dead. But what really makes it or breaks it in Christianity comes down to did the resurrection actually take place and is the resurrection even possible? So here Jesus performs it. Later, Jesus lives it, Mm. and in doing so, he separates Christianity from all other religions. Right, and thank God he didn't say, I am the reincarnation, but Mm. I am the resurrection. Because reincarnation and resurrection cannot coexist. Mm. 
uh, they're diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. Reincarnation says you die again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Resurrection says says you die once and then you're raised for a day of judgment. Mm. Yeah, I think it's amazing, and I didn't even know it till probably within the last few years, that the one historical figure that's acknowledged by all major world religions is Jesus Christ. You know, he's he's actually acknowledged in Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, mm. the Baha'i movement, and even the New Age. You know, Muslims, for instance, they do believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dalai Lama, who is a Buddhist, often describes Jesus as a holy man. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi, the famous Hindu, admired Jesus' teachings, particularly the Sermon on the Mount. But all of those religions and all of their representatives acknowledge a false idea of Jesus, not the Jesus we have in biblical Christianity, the one who spoke so clearly about life, death, and the resurrection, as Ian said. Uh, The Apostle Paul, he warned the Corinthians church that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, some people are led astray by those preaching another Jesus, like all of those religions that I just mentioned. And it is only the true Jesus who proclaimed, I am the resurrection and the life. And because he is that, these other religions, like you say, they recognize Jesus, but they add Jesus Mm -hmm. to their religion or to their God shelf, Mm -hmm. even, let's say, in Buddhism, Mm -hmm. where... Uh, or Hinduism, where they have many gods. Buddhism, where there's yeah, really no god. No it's it's mm-hmm. just really just a, a, a way of life kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But Christianity, because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, this shows he is God, mm-hmm. and there is none else. Mm-hmm. And so we invite Hindus, we invite Buddhists to consider this claim of Jesus Christ. And don't just add Jesus to your religion, mm-hmm. but worship Jesus as God of very God, because he is. He's the creator, he's the one who gives us life, Mm -hmm. and he is the one who can raise us from the dead, and only Jesus, and this is the distinctive truth. Mm -hmm. And if this truth of resurrection is true, what else is true? This I almost call the resurrection truth Mm -hmm. the lead domino of many wonderful other wonderful truths. Mm -hmm. So if the resurrection is true, for example, Ian, why don't we start off with you here? What other things are true if the resurrection be true? Creation, prophecy. All, so all of these other things that I think are harder to believe now are so all of a sudden yeah. easy to believe because of the resurrection. If Jesus can raise someone from the dead and raise him, be risen from the dead, mm-hmm. then... Sure, creation, prophecy, <laughs> That's true. name it, you name it, I, I'm in. You know, after I got saved, I didn't have to go to a creation seminar to believe <laughs> that I was created, even though I was taught evolution my whole yeah. life. It was just like washed away. Mm. So if I believed that Jesus could die on the cross and rise again, mm-hmm. yeah, I could believe in, in creation. So, Michael, what what else would you say is true? Yeah, it, because the resurrection is yeah, true. Another yeah. result would be, um, that the whole Bible is true, <laughs> and we yeah. can trust it. Um, earlier, I mentioned some Old Testament verses that predicted the resurrection, and I also really love Isaiah 25, 8, which starts out, He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all their faces. You know, can you imagine uh, the prediction, the prophecy, as Ian said, that God can swallow up death in victory? I mean, who would have even come, come up with such a thing? Only our God in his word. And uh, one more, uh, we can also trust that his second coming, the second coming of Jesus is assured. So 40 days after the resurrection, when Jesus ascended, the angels said in Acts one eleven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, 
shall so come in like mm. manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Well, if God came down as a man, died, rose again from the dead, and he says he's coming back again, I can believe it. We should yeah. all believe it. Amen. Mm. So, Hattie, what do you say? If the resurrection is true, what else is true? I believe it would be judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, and uh, I think it's Hebrews nine nine twenty seven it says that it's appointed man wants to die and mm-hmm. then the judgment yeah. mm-hmm. and we have to stand before God and um and give an account of what we've done in, 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 in this world and we will be raised if we are of God and, mm-hmm. and we are born again Christians, we will be raised in his likeness. Mm-hmm. To me that's wonderful. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I just that know that. That is wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's also, uh, it's miraculous, and I think that's why a lot of people would doubt, because they don't believe that. But it is true. The Word of God is true. Amen. Yeah. And uh, mm. that's, that's what I believe it, it to be. It would be the judgment. And we have to all stand. And I think one of you already said, we will either go with Jesus up to heaven, or we'll go to another place that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And that that's exactly what it says, what Paul preached there in Athens, Hattie, when he says he has appointed a day in the which he will judge, judge the, world the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, and that man is Jesus Christ, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So we are assured mm-hmm. that there is a day of judgment of where we'll stand before Jesus Christ because he has been raised from the dead. And I also love Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. This is such a powerful verse where Paul says that he is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So the resurrection proves that he is the Son of God, the judge of all men, He's coming soon, dear friends, yeah. and the miracles are true. His promises are true. Come to Jesus. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you're born again. Call upon him. Jesus has done everything mm-hmm. that needs to be done in order for us to be saved. Yes, how do you go for it? Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago you preached on a sermon, uh, in the midst of chaos, there's joy. Mm. I it. it the resurrection to me indicates joy. We're mm-hmm. going to be in heaven uh, with Jesus. We're going to be like Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't have all these issues that we have now in in this life, and it's going to be wonderful. Amen. So we're talking about Jesus tonight. He is the resurrection and the life. We we mentioned this is a bold declaration. Only God could make such a declaration, mm-hmm. and Jesus is God manifest. In the flesh, this this truth is a miraculous distinction to all other world religions. Mm-hmm. And now let's focus upon this. Many people deny the resurrection. It's a popular thing. It's a popular truth to deny. So, Hattie, what what is it that leads many people to reject the resurrection? Do you think why do people reject the resurrection? I think it's twofold. I think it's pride. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also unbelief. Pride in that we have so much uh, technology today. We have the iPad, the television, the radio, mm. social media, and things of that nature to distract us from the Word of God. Because we have to read it, study it, 
memorize it mm-hmm. in order to know it. Mm-hmm. So how can we do that if the world is telling us Sunday is reserved for football mm-hmm. um, and the games and all the different things? We can go shopping and all those different things. So I believe that that is why a lot of people would reject it. They they replace God with another gospel mm-hmm. that is not of God and mm-hmm. not of the Bible. I love words where Paul said in Acts 26, 8, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people reject the resurrection because they actually reject the idea of eternity and the idea of a final judgment, as Hattie was just talking about. They convince themselves that human beings are no different from ants or mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're gone, they're gone. But here lies that tension because as I said earlier, the human heart, I feel like it just longs to live forever, and yet living forever implies accountability for what is done on earth. So if one doesn't actually want to be held accountable for their actions and their decisions, then it's really actually just easier to dismiss life after death, and therefore they dismiss the resurrection. Yeah, and Jesus himself met those who denied the resurrection in the Sadducees. Mm -hmm. And I love his argument when he argued with those Sadducees And Jesus simply said to them in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And then Jesus went on, he says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, Mm -hmm but of the living. So if they had known the Scripture, they would have believed in the power of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And then if they had believed in the power of God, they would have believed in the resurrection. This is such an amazing verse to me because Jesus goes back to God speaking out of the burning bush. Mm -hmm. And Jesus verifies that. In other words, so Jesus verifies the miracle. Uh God spoke from a burning bush. And God said, I am... Not I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that that even though Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were dead, when Moses was speaking to God, God was still their God because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were alive with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in arguing for the resurrection, what I find so interesting here about Jesus' argument with the Sadducees, he doesn't go to a verse that simply says, God will raise the dead. But he goes to this historical Mm -hmm. narrative Mm -hmm. that really teaches the truth of the resurrection by implication. Mm. You know, so it's Mm -hmm. implied in that, that Mm -hmm. that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still alive. God had raised them from the dead. But Jesus used the scripture, and he used a miracle of God speaking from the burning bush. Mm -hmm. And he used an actual historical incident that happened. And Jesus said... God is the God of the resurrection. Hmm. And we have to believe Mm -hmm. in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So let's finally speak on the loving demonstration of this truth, Ian, where Jesus Christ is going to raise up Lazarus. So we're talking about Jesus, the resurrection and the life, his bold declaration. That's who he is. The miraculous distinctiveness of Jesus, the resurrection, different from all religions of the world. The, even though it's popularly denied, this is the truth. And and he demonstrates who he is by what he does, doesn't he? So yeah. how is Jesus, how does Jesus raising up Lazarus from the grave prove that he is who he said, the resurrection and the life? Right. So here, by his own power, 
the power of his word, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And this truly demonstrates nothing is beyond the power of God mm-hmm. or, or of Jesus. And if nothing is beyond God's power, and if he could do that for Lazarus, then he could certainly do it for us too. And that's something we can all trust in. Yeah, I mean, he's not predicting who's going to win a football game here. <laughs> he, he's, he's predicting that Lazarus is going to basically live again. Yeah. And he says, move the stone away. Mm-hmm. And everybody was horrified, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call Tom, Dick, and Harry. Mm. They would have come. If he just says, everybody in there, come forth, they all would have come out. Yeah. But only Lazarus. Yeah. He is in love, the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. And, Pastor, there's a teaching in Jewish mysticism which says that a deceased person's spirit remains around the body for up to three days after death before departing so by four days it says the spirit must go up to god i actually researched it and that is a belief within jewish mysticism and so some believe that this is why jesus waited four days so that there was no question that the raising of lazarus was an incredible miracle Mm. more dramatic in fact than any miracle Mm. that came before and the reaction of the people for the most part was belief you know verse 45 which we read earlier then many of the jews which came to mary and had seen the things which jesus did believed on him so what an encouragement to us that the miracles of jesus uh the raising of lazarus his resurrection and his words which identified him led to belief and it should lead to our belief in him we can trust him amen thank you micah and hattie As we get toward the end of the program tonight, let me just ask you, maybe just speak to our listeners tonight, because you were there, right? You were out there listening for many years to our program. There's people out there like you tonight listening. What would you say to them to encourage that discouraged one? Maybe they need to go to church, or maybe they're not saved. What would you say as you speak on this side of the Heritage of Faith Conversation program to those listening? I would first tell them to pray, to pray to God, as I did. I um, was excommunicated from a church, and I didn't know what to do. But I did know that I didn't want to go back to the world. Mm. And I knew that my life depended on what I chose to do. Mm -hmm. And I did not want, I knew about heaven, and I wanted to go to heaven. I wanted to be in that batch that says that when Jesus says well done thy good and faithful mm. servant that's yeah. where I wanted to be but I know what I had to do and I had to follow him and do his will as opposed to my will and that's hard for us sometimes but it is so rewarding and I I just think of it um, when you ask me that question I think of yeah walking around in heaven being like Jesus being conformed in, into his likeness and um, just walking on streets of gold, having my friends flying around in heaven with me, and just enjoying heaven and Jesus. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much, Amen. Hattie. So, Ian, as we get to the pro- end of the program, you're a young man. What would you say to young people out there who think, I don't need God, I'm good without him? What would you say to encourage them to mm. come to Jesus? I'd echo what Hattie was saying. Pray, let the Holy Spirit work on your heart, and... Put away the Bloomberg terminal. We don't need more day traders or people to, you know, try to get rich quick. We need the Lord. We need Jesus. Amen. Amen. We do need him. Thank you, Micah, as always, for being here tonight. Dear friends, that Jesus is the resurrection means he has power now 
over any and every situation, over any sorrow we face. Mm. Not just in the future, but I'm saying for your present heartaches, He is your hope. He is your help. He is your life. He is the resurrection. Trust in Him and pray, as Hattie said to Him. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage.